This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode one, that's weird saying that, um, of the Stacey West blog podcast. Um, I'm Ben and joining me uh, as my co-host, I guess, is uh, Gary, the author of said Stacey West blog. How are we doing, Gary? Hello, Ben. Yeah, not bad, mate. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm excited to get this uh, this sort of little project off and uh, you know off the ground. We've been we've been talking about it for for a little while. Um, so this is for anybody that sort of stumbled upon it. Um, I don't quite know how they would stumble upon it, but uh, this is a dedicated Lincoln City uh, fan podcast. Um, Gary is the the brains behind the Stacey West blog, um, I think. I think it's probably fair to say one of the, uh, you know, without blowing your own trumpet too much, one of the more popular uh, Lincoln City blogs out there. Um, um, other Lincoln City blogs are available. Of course they are, you know. And uh, this this is uh, this is a, a sort of natural evolution we thought of of the blog. Um, the blog's not going away, you know. This is going to be a, a supplement to it. Um, we're aiming to get this done once every two weeks on a thursday yeah i think i think um i think we can keep it entertaining once every two weeks well that's the that's the challenge isn't it (laughs) um so yeah what we'll what we're going to aim to do in uh, in the podcast is essentially talk about um the you know the last sort of week and a bit in in lincoln city news uh we'll talk about the games we'll talk about games that have been and gone we'll talk about the manager's comments we'll talk about referees we'll talk about the players um we'll talk about organization or lack thereof sometimes within the club um you know it's not going to be a podcast where we sit here and blow smoke up the arse of the club it's not going to be a podcast where we sit and tear it to shreds either so um it's a podcast by fans for fans i know that sounds really cheesy but that's probably the best way of looking at it really yeah i I think so i think we you know we want to discuss the the pertinent issues of the day but we want to be fair and i think um one thing I've always been really keen on is, is trying to be a critical friend. We support the club and it matters to us, but you know, if things are going wrong, um, who better to tell you than the, the fans? It's like if your best friend you sit next to has got a bit of body odour, the best thing you can do is tell them, isn't it, rather than just be cruel about it. Yeah, sorry about that, mate. It was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
Uh, probably a little bit of background about you know us two first off. I mean, as, as I'm sure many of you are aware, um, the let's say the Stacey West blog is is Gary's baby. Um, Gary, do you want to just tell us a little bit about you and and your history with the club? Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, I, obviously I've, I've been a Lincoln City fan for as long as I've been able to walk. Um, the first time I understood football, um, unfortunately, was was the very sad day of the Bradford fire. I remember watching that on the television with my dad, and I'd never known where he went on the Saturdays, and obviously he was kind of sat crying and and watching that on the day and. I think that was the first day I became properly aware of the football club. I would have been probably seven. Um, first game was in '86, and since then I've, you know, I've just been a fan. It's infectious, and obviously, in recent years, I've been lucky enough to be able to to write a little bit about the club. And yeah, the blog has has gone very well. Um, I've tried a few other different projects. I'm just, I, yeah, I'm lucky enough to be able to put things into words on on paper that people relate to, um, but. I'm just like everybody else, you know. It's it, I love the football club. What about you, Ben? What's your background? Uh, so, I mean, I, I uh, similar to yourself, really. I, I was a, a fan uh, from about the age of five. Um, I remember going to the junior Reds uh, training in the morning. Uh, my dad took me down there. He dropped me off and went to the pub, and I, uh, you know, I, I'd uh, have some football training, have my uh, chippy lunch. Uh, then sit in a Stacey West and, and watch the game. Um, and then after a couple of years, my dad sort of, you know, we, I stopped training as such and, and just started going along to the games. My dad bought me a season ticket and I was a season ticket holder from then until I went to university when I was about 18. Um, came back, became a season ticket holder again. Um, I was in the band with uh, with Ringo for, for a very long time. Um, you know, we obviously had the the successes and near successes back then uh, when we went to the playoffs and you know, Cardiff and everything um, saw some pretty low times as well. Uh, then changes in circumstances, you know, personal circumstances and financial circumstances and all the rest of it meant that after about 20, well, just coming up to about 2010, um, I stopped going to the games for, for, I'll say, for a couple of reasons and uh, slowly fell out of love with football. But um you know, people may well throw me, you know, throw the accusation of being a plastic at me. But you know, over the past few years, it's just been a, a bit of a resurgence in in love of the game and and because of the club. You know, it's uh, it's just been fantastic, and I'm I'm fully invested again now. Um, and I'm I'm really excited to see where the club's going. So yeah, you see, um, just going back to that, I mean, that interests me this plastic debate, and maybe it's one of the first things we can pick up on because. Yeah, I mean, we we didn't know each other back in the late nineties, but we certainly knew of each other because you would play the Lincolnshire poacher while I was sweating my knackers off on the pitch in the in the suit. <laughs> and yeah, okay, I'm not going to say shared connection, but it's it's kind of a shared memory of Steve Holmes and John Finnegan and Kevin Austin mm-hmm. and that sort of era. And it just interests me then that, in actual fact, in some corners, people might actually go, "Ah, oh, you you you." dropped out at our darkest hour and you're back along for the ride. And I think that's, I think that's quite a, uh, quite insulting to be honest, because I think at times in your life, you kind of, you are up and down and your football club means something to you. And at other times you feel very detached. I moved away. I could be classed as a plastic. Mm. I missed, you know, quite a bit of the Gary Simpson era and the start of the Chris Moyes era. Um, mm. But it's always there, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, the, without going overboard with it, um, you know, my my love of the club was was instilled in me through my dad. 
Um, and unfortunately, in you know 2008, quite early on, um, we we lost him. Um, and when something like that happens, as as suddenly as it did, that that caused me to question a lot of things in my life and and really struggle with quite a lot for quite a long time. Um, but ultimately, I found my way back to it because it. it it was a it was a gateway, you know. I sort of eventually turned around and went. Actually, I want to go back to the football. I, I really struggled to come back to Central Bank for quite a long time after, um, you know, after my season ticket lapsed, and I was like, I, I don't want to go. Um, I made it back to a couple of games. Uh, I think I did sort of, you know, the odd one in the in the dark days, and uh, was there when we got relegated, but left after about eighty minutes because I just thought this is this is the worst display I've ever seen. Um, but then, yeah, come back since. And if people want to levy the accusation of me being a plastic fan, then, you know, by all means, just take a look at my life and, until that point, you know. Um, it's it's really easy to sit there and say, oh, you're only coming back for the glory days. But I can safely say that even if we end up, you know, back down in the conference, I'll be I'll be one of those that's making the trip to Boreham Wood and all the other places, you know. Yeah, you're like, you're, I mean, look, we've both been all over the country and I, I think different things happen and... Um... At the end of the day, it's, it's nice to have the club doing well and everybody pulling together. There's always going to be certain divides, you know. When you get eight thousand people in a stand trying to trying to support the same thing, there's always going to be differences of opinion. Um, but hmm. I just, uh, yeah, I'd, you know, other fan we lev- sometimes within the club fans levy at other fans that they're plastic. I know that there's been some some criticism of Lisa, which is incredibly harsh as well. Um, but then at the same hmm. time, as a fan base, we kind of we get a little bit agitated when other people call us plastic as well. At the end of the day, we've got eight and a half thousand fans coming, six six thousand season ticket holders. I don't really care where they were in two thousand and ten when the football was turgid. Just because I was there doesn't make me any better or any worse. The fact is, we're all spending our money now. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that's a little bit of, of history about uh, about us two. Um, you know, hopefully, as things go on with uh, with the podcast, if it's if it's a bit of a success, we'll hopefully get other people on, you know, and involved, and we'll we'll have hopefully some special guests and and you know others uh, contributing. You know, there are some plans in the works, but uh, don't want to go into those just too much. You know, don't want to run before we can walk. Um, but I think a good uh, good thing to start talking about now um, is the uh, not the extra game. That's uh, that's coming up. Um, yeah, a good place to start now would be the Bury game last night, uh, as we're recording this. Um, Lincoln run out 2-1 winners. Uh, I think it might be fair to say not all that much deserved. Woeful uh, for probably <laughs> 45 minutes. I would say 20 minutes into the game, I turned to my mate, sit with, and I said, this is, this is a good game of football. Our keeper had made some saves. Our keeper had not really been tested, but they'd probed away. They were carrying the ball nicely, you know, and we were just getting into it. And then it just it just all went all went badly, badly wrong. And mm. there was it didn't look to me like there was going to be a way back in the game for us. I thought Berry retained the ball incredibly well. I thought they showed a lot of industry. I thought we sat off quite a bit in the midfield, despite the fact that two of the midfielders were arguably our, our best two players in the first half, in in my opinion, in Ellis Chapman and Tom Pett. But the system didn't work. And um, from my point of view, Danny's not adverse to, or he's not above criticism, rather. I think he got it wrong yesterday. I think he got it wrong from the start, and I think that was evident with the changes he made. I think you're right. Um, You know, I I think he'd probably 
you know, maybe not publicly, but I think he'd he'd be behind the scenes admitting the same thing. Um, it was it was difficult to watch. I think uh, I was very, you know, like you you mentioned in your your sort of piece on the uh, on the blog about it. I was very surprised when I saw that Matt Reed was starting. Um, I didn't think. Uh, I, I I don't think the setup was there. I think uh, you know I, I texted you after the game and I said I, I just don't understand where that you know what the uh, what the formation was in the first half. It looked honestly like it was a four four two, but the well four three one two sorry, but the one had been taken off the left wing and, and put behind the two strikers. It didn't look like a 4-3-3 at all. There wasn't any width on the left-hand side. Um, and I think, you know, like you said, it, it's not a criticism of the of the players. I think, like you say, I thought Tom Pett had a good first half. I thought uh, Ellis Chapman played well above his years. Um, I think the only thing that let him down slightly might have been his final ball. Occasionally, it just seemed to go a little bit awry. But then when you've not got the width, I think that's what he might have been looking for. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, you know, going in one nil down at the break was uh, it was quite inevitable, to be honest. As soon as they got that second corner, which I don't think should have been a corner, you know, um, as soon as they got that second corner, I just turned to me. I said, this is going in. And sure enough, you know, five seconds later, it's in the back of the net. And you think, well, I can't see a way back from here. But fair play you know things were changed at half time harry anderson came on um ellis chapman was some would say unfortunate to be the you know the, the sacrifice in that position but i think it was the right well obviously it was the right call to make because we ended up running out winners but um i think there was easily a 20 minute spell in that second half where we uh we were the much better team um but it was that 20 minute spell that that got us the two goals and then after that it seemed to almost resort back to the first half display really yeah I mean I think just picking up on the Ellis Chapman situation I mean one or two of Ellis's balls went astray no more than that and I I think I think Ellis for a 17 year old boy showed incredible composure last night I mean he he took a lot of the easy balls but I I seem to remember that Mm. young players are often told you need to deliver the ball to someone in the right color shirt when you're a when you're a young man you're doing well um, and I thought that him and Tom Pett were perhaps let down by the lack of wits, certainly on the left, at times on the right, possibly. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah. there was no outlet for them and they were having to play in little triangles with nowhere to go. And then the crowd kind of, they didn't get on players' back. Certainly, that's, you know, it doesn't happen. But there was a, a little bit of tutting and sighing. Um, yeah, there was an air of frustration there. Yeah, there was. Sure. And, uh, you know, Ellis was, was sacrificed. I don't think there's any other word to, to, to describe it because there was there were six or seven players in red and white who were far worse than he was. I mean, Michael Boswick had the, the worst half of football I've seen in from a Lincoln from him in a Lincoln shirt. Um, the second mm. half, yes, Danny did change it. I think... Uh, I think we showed a little bit more drive. I think Harry Anderson does offer the width, and I think Barry kind of dared to. They tried to shut up shop. I mean, they were trying to waste and, and run the clock down from probably 46, 47 minutes, which. You know, that was really disappointing to see, actually. Yeah, it was something that we picked up on as soon as the second half started. You know, they were just letting the ball run, you know, into the uh, into the, the sort of guttering around the stand. And it was just like, oh, come on, lads, there's 40 minutes yeah. to go. Game management's all well and good. With thirty minutes to go, we're the, you know, we're we're one of the kings at it, and so I I, I try not to criticise too much because I always think you know I know it's a cliche, but if you live in glass houses, don't throw stones. And 
Um, it's it's always amusing to see players who take five minutes over a corner suddenly have the scores reversed on them, and and there's an urgency. And I, I always find yeah. that it's almost like a scene from a comedy movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, second half we looked good. We were fortunate with a penalty. Um, I don't know what your view was, but in, in real time, I couldn't see anything wrong with it. In slow motion, okay, maybe it's a handball. It's very harsh to get sent off because it, I, I wouldn't class it as deliberate. Yeah, I mean, I think the my um, uh, my view of it. I wasn't in my normal seat last night. I'm normally in uh, in block five in the co-op, but uh, I'd, I had some tickets through work to the uh, you know to the corporates, as it were. So I was sat in block two. So we, in theory, we should have had a good view of it. But I, to be honest, I really didn't see anything wrong. I saw the ball, you know, come in at pace, and then it went out. Um, I saw people, you know, peeling for a corner. I thought, oh, great, you know, we got a corner and sort. of turn around and the next thing and everyone's cheering and I thought what the fuck Mm. you know next thing I see is that it's it's gone out and we've got a penalty so we're stood there going okay we'll take it and then all of a sudden you know Mr Stockbridge pulls out his red card and you think okay I mean I know he has history with us um but I I was genuinely surprised to see the red card come out I think I've seen more of Seb Stockbridge's red card than I have birthday cards off my missus um in the last year, obviously, I mean, <laughs> Billy Knott should never have been sent off against Notts County. I'll argue that until the day they no. put me in a box and put me in the ground. Um, last year, we beat Accrington 2-0, and we shouldn't have had that win either because Farron Rawson was sent off. Same end of the ground, same offence. We scored the penalty, mm-hmm. and that was harsh as well. Um, he is a time bomb, and whenever Seb Stockbridge is on the mm. list uh, as, as our referee, I panic. Now, we benefited from it, but uh, the man's a calamity. Um, yeah, I think this is the this is the big thing is that you know last season Lincoln fans got a bit of a reputation as um, a group of fans that would moan about the referee regardless of what the result was. You know, if if we lost, then it was always the referee's fault, and I think that was you know somewhat unfair. Um, but I'm happy to say last night. He was an absolute disgrace. I think there was there was a couple of instances with the linesman as well. Um, you know, there was one. I think it. I think it might have been Matt Green who was running back, um, completely left the ball, and somebody ran in from an onside position, and the linesman gave him offside. And you think how how on earth is that possible? I saw that. Um, yeah, I mean, at, at this level, it's inexcusable. I but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we we sort of came back and 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 and. John Akindi took the penalty uh, away. A lot. He's coming for a lot of stick, um, Akindi. Now, what what would you? Where would you sort of sit with him at the moment? I think personally, I think he he just needs to maybe get a little bit more urgency in his game. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, he's, he's doing what Matt Reed does. Matt Reed does it because he isn't mobile and can't do it. And and Akindi, I don't know why. I, yeah, I'm loath to be critical of a player who's who's got four and five, whether three of them are penalties or not. Um, and also, I think mm-hmm. you know, has he had the right preseason? Is he fully fit? I, I'm not entirely sure. I, what we need, and it kind of goes back to this whole get mixing the tactics and the styles. I think we need to just get a settled side. I know we've got good players on the bench. I know Danny's got to keep everybody happy, but we can't do that at the expense of of breaking the balance and the rhythm. So if John Akindi is our record signing, which the speculation he is. And if he's been brought in to score goals, he should start every league game up front for the next 10 matches 
regardless. And if if in, if in 10 mm. matches time he's not fit or he isn't scoring or he hasn't got the urgency in his game, then it's time to do something about it. But when you're pulling him in and out, in and out, and Matt Reid here and Matt Green there and two up front here and four up front there and 10 in defence, you know, this sounds bad because we're top of the league, we've got 10 points, but players need a certain degree of coherency. And I think... I think that was at fault last night because I think to a degree, one or two of the players weren't actually sure what their jobs were. I think you've got it spot on. Um, you know, I think there's a degree of consistency that's needed. I don't think that's that's being afforded to the players at the moment. And, you know, like you say, I don't want to sit here and, and tear the team to pieces and, you know, slate Danny because obviously what he's done is working. And I think the fact is we've got, you know, we have a very good squad. It's not the biggest squad in the league, you know, that, that honour will go to teams with, you know, more money than sense. But I think that's where Danny has has shone in that he's see, he's got a lot of sense about him and he knows what he wants to do. I just think last night was possibly a bit too much of tinkering. I think you know a little bit of the uh, the Claudio Ranieri came to the fore last night. He's just playing about with things a little bit too much, and you think, well, let's just take a step back. The second half was pretty much the team that. Um, played against Port Vale, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, and it seemed to gel a little bit better, and we seemed to be you know a bit more of a unit going forward, and there just didn't seem to be a lot of there wasn't anything behind the the midfield. We had you know three attacking midfielders playing in the first half, and there wasn't anything between the front three and the back four. You know there, there wasn't a huge amount there. It was just it was just a big void. Um, and it was really frustrating to see sometimes. But I think in the second half, it started to shore it up a little bit. And, you know, it's a cliche, but when you're playing badly and picking up points all over the place, then you can't really complain too much. No, do you know what? I mean, I'm, I'm just sat here and I've, I've, I was kind of listening to myself and I'm listening to you and you'd think we were, we were bottom of the league, wouldn't you? <laughs> because you're quite right. There was a huge gap there. And what we missed was probably an Alex Woodyard figure. And in the second half, to a degree, maybe Tom Pett did that. Um you know, yeah. with ten points from twelve, and we don't know our system, we don't know our tactics. It's like Danny yeah. says, when this team clicks, and what amuses me, I mean, I, I I sit in amongst a good group, and there's one guy who's who, who kind of bucks that trend, and he sits at the front and in front of us, and all he does is bitch and moan about all the game, and he's he's kind of saying all through yesterday, well, we've got to get better, we've got to be better than this got to be better than this and then you've got Danny in his press conferences saying you know we can get better than this we're going to be better and it reminded me of like one of those inane arguments that couples have where one of them will go well you'll have to start putting the milk in the fridge and the other one goes I will stop putting the milk in the fridge do you know what I mean where there's no point to it at the end of the day we know that eventually the milk's going to go in the fridge we know eventually this Lincoln City team that's in its infancy is going to kick in and when you've won two games yeah. by scoring four goals, one of them away from home and your biggest win ever at that club's ground, we're unbeaten. Okay, we conceded a sloppy goal yesterday. We're in such a tremendous place. And to be able to sit here and criticise a 2-1 win, I think he's actually, dem- he's actually kind of reflective of, of how spoiled we've become um, as fans because yeah. you know it was a good win in the end of the day, whether we played well or not. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, obviously, we're gonna, you know, we're, we're gonna gloss over Grimsby a little bit. Yeah, um, it's best, isn't it, to gloss think, over Grimsby? <laughs> um, I think Grimsby, you know, a lot's been said about it. I think it, everyone acknowledges it was a poor performance. It was not what we wanted to see. Ultimately, I think it was um, 
it, I, I didn't I didn't get a ticket. I couldn't go. Unfortunately, I was working. But um, I, I think the the overwhelming sense of it coming out of the game and what I listened to on the radio and, and hearing a lot of people talking back about it, you think, well, maybe that's it's it's a local derby. Like you you don't really know what to expect at that point. You've got everyone's up for it and something just didn't click on the day and unfortunately you'll get those days in football but um coming up uh next we've obviously got you know Saturday's game um which is going to be interesting shall we say against uh, a, a disappointing Notts County side so far well, the rumours coming out of Notts County, and I think on a podcast we can do rumours. We're not on news now or anything, so we don't have to back everything. Absolutely. Um, but the rumours are that Kevin Nolan spends less time on the training field and more time in Weatherspoons in Nottingham. Um, oh, wow. And I, from what I understand, it is not a happy camp. Um, they have got a couple of boys back, I think. I think their right back has been out injured. Um, he comes back this weekend. Very dangerous players up front. Both of them scored last night in uh, in Hemmings and um, the boy from Chesterfield, Dennis Christian Dennis. But mm-hmm. you know they desperately need a win, and they won't want to come to Sinsel Bank because they they didn't do particularly well in January. I think they snatched a two two draw, which probably they didn't really deserve. Um, there's there's yeah, the, it's not going to be easy for them, and we should go into every home game as favourites anyway. Um, yeah, I mean the you know going over a few comments and stuff so far. I think uh, there was you know obviously the Grimsby fans on Saturday said that that was the best their team had played all all season so far, and a few Berry fans are saying exactly the same thing last night that it was the best performance that they'd put in so far this season. So it, it sounds like teams are having to play extremely well to make us look average. Um, it's interesting you say that about County actually because the the thing that just surprises me is that. They've obviously had money to spend. They they splashed out. Rumor has it around half a million pounds in the preseason, and they're bottom of the league. They're bottom of the entire football league with one point from four games. The interest. I, Sorry, got. I, I was just going to say when when you've got that kind of return. I mean, I know the you know, the season doesn't shake out in in four games. You know, obviously things could start turning around for them. Hopefully, it won't do on Saturday. But you know. It could start turning around very quickly, but it's that initial like gut punch of having, you know, if rumours are to be believed, like you say, a manager that doesn't necessarily want to spend time with his players and just expects them to perform, or you know, in in the case of you know our, our, our forestry friends down south, a, a chairman that is just pumping money into the club and expects everything to be given them to you know given to him on a silver plate. I, I just think it's it's a worrying sign for Notts County, and hopefully we can take advantage of that on Saturday. I mean, obviously after after Saturday, I'd like to see them turn it around because they're you know they're, they're a decent side. But I just I, I I hope I just hope to God it doesn't click for them on Saturday and they annihilate us. I don't think they will do because, like you say, I think we're we're a very strong side at Central Bank. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I must admit I always liked Kevin Nolan as a player, and 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 whether that rumour is right or not I, you know, I wouldn't want to say I mean he's you know he, he was obviously a role model for Andy Carroll and um, he kind of he helped turn him around as well and like you say that they have spent a lot of money I mean what I understand six figures on on the lad from Crawley um, 
Bud Budawan, I think his name is. Yeah, uh, yeah. And obviously yeah. Dennis and Hemmings as well. Um, it could click. You know, we've been there in the Keith years where we were rock bottom after two or three, four games the year after we first went to the Millennium Stadium. And I remember kind of thinking, oh my Lord, what's, you know, what's going to happen now? And um, Gary Taylor Fletcher arrived and we ended up back in the playoffs and, and arguably with the end of that season with the best squad we'd had for for a decade at the time. So, yeah, if it clicks, it clicks. It will be a good game. It's like you said about the Grimsby game. It'll be different. When Notts County come to us, it's not like when they go anywhere else because there's the added spice. It's like when we go to Grimsby, um, we've, we're at less of an advantage than everybody else because there's there's a raised atmosphere and a raised raised intensity. But very, very few teams are going to come to Sinsel Bank and annihilate us. There's only been one done it in Danny and Nicky's whole tenure, which was crew. Um, mm. Other than that, you know, we've we've slipped to narrow defeats, but we're we're competitive. Sinselbank is a fortress, and and it's going to be. I I personally, I think we'll win the game. I think we'll probably win two or three one. Okay, well, you know, we'll we'll. Uh, I, I I can see it being a bit closer than that. If I'm honest, I think things might start to turn around for County at the weekend. Um, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna get the result that a lot of their fans are, are praying that they're gonna get. I think. You know, I think we will win, but I don't think it's going to be quite as comprehensive as we'd like to see. Um, I'd love to be proven wrong, as I always am. You know, when it when it comes to those results, but um, I think maybe we we might nick it. Um, so now, yeah, I'd, we'll where see. are you watching the game from then, Banks? I don't. You weren't watching it from the start. You were you were in the the posh bits, weren't you? You got a bit. Tell I us was, yeah. So so um, yeah, I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um, Obviously, um, the the new Build Based Legends Lounge, as it's called, um, is it's a new addition this season at Central Bank. Now, we get tickets through work every now and then, and it was one of those where you sort of put your name in a hat and, and get drawn out. A colleague of mine put the name in um, said to me on Monday, do you want to come to the game? I was like, well, I've already got a season ticket. And went, well, you know just come along anyway. So I thought, cool, right, I'll I'll come along, you know, free meal out of it and, and a little bit of a tour. Um, the Legend Sounds is, is, is nice. Um, it's a nice little area. It's a nice atmosphere in there. Um, the one thing that I will say is that, obviously with it being very new, there is still quite an overpowering smell of paint um, that, that sort of permeates the atmosphere. Um, and I think... Something that you wanted to talk about as well, which we'll, we'll come on to, uh, is the uh, not. I don't want to use the word competency because it sounds really harsh, but the the level of of service at the bar was was a little bit lacking um, initially. I don't know whether it was the the young lad's first shift or anything like that, but overall, I think it's um, it's a nice, it's a good little corporate area. I think. Previously, I've had a couple of games in, you know, exec boxes over the over my time as uh, as a fan, um, and I think this is a nicer atmosphere because you you actually get to go up into the stand. You you can, um, you know, you're not sort of separated from everything by a pane of glass. You're you're there um, as a guest of you know as a guest of the club. Um, it was quite. It was quite nice to to be in there because uh, you know just before kickoff as well uh, we were you know actually I, I do want to say that, that we had we had some food brought round you know we all sort of sat at the table you know quick meal given out as well um, it was a little bit weird being sat in a chair at twenty five to eight and not being sat and you know stood in my 
in my spot up in the stand. Um, and we actually got our uh, desserts sent round at about 20 to 8. So it was like, right, let's wolf this down and then head up for kickoff. Um, which, I mean, you know, a lot of people aren't necessarily going to be too bothered about that. But for me, as somebody that likes to get into the ground nice and early and sort of soak up the atmosphere as it's building, it was definitely quite strange. Um, no, have you have you had the chance to to get in there yet? Or well, I have now not not as a, a match day guest, and I've, I've, I've kind of come on to something else in a second. But um, I went in the Legends Lounge for the fans forum earlier in the week. Now I was I, I was very impressed with. Um, with the job that they've done there. I think that it looks really good. I think it's clean. I think it's fresh. I liked the pictures as you walked in, you know, with genuine legends on the wall and Steve Thompson was on there as well. Um, No, I like Tom. He's, you know, he's a great guy. And I I, I think it's a good initiative. And I know that some people weren't happy at having been moved, but I think it's the sort of thing that you expect to see at a club. And I know people say, oh, it's too corporate. At the end of the day, we're a football league club in in the 21st century. We've got to have that. Now, it's interesting listening to your points there because I am I'm incredibly lucky. I'm 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 good friends with Chris Hillsley of Running Imp and when he's got some space in his box, knowing that I've, I've kind of suffered from a bad back and it's it's better for me, he, he invites me up there. And it's interesting what you say about watching the game behind the pane of glass because it is very different. Um now in terms of catering, the food that we get in the boxes has always been absolutely phenomenal. Um it's normally served just before kickoff. But when you're, you can kind of sit and eat and watch the game at the same time. And I know having a knife and fork in your hand is might be deemed going all the way back to the beginning of the pod as a bit plastic. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's a market that the club have got to capture. And I think the Legends Lounge yeah. is the next step. It's the one where people want to feel a bit special. They want to have a bite to eat. They don't want to be stuck next to every man and his dog at the bar. But they do want to be in a stand and singing and feel that atmosphere. So I think it's vital. Now, my experience from the weekend, sadly was, oh, sorry, from from the Berry game, I beg your pardon, sadly was not good. Um, We, I like the fan zone. Uh, I like to get in there. I like to see some fans. I like to chat to some people. uh, And I like to, I don't Mm -hmm. drink anymore. Um, I've I've, I've stopped drinking now, apart from um, Facebook live videos on Saturday nights, which a lot of people saw. (laughs) I did see you that. See, yeah, a couple of people came up to me and said I, I invaded their Saturday night, which I'm not sure whether that was a good thing or not. They pressed play, not me. So, <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, yeah, I don't drink on match days. And I wanted a bottle of Coke. And uh, outside, the Coke was £3.60, I believe I was quoted. Um, Whoa. Now, I may be wrong there. It may have been £2.60. Um, I was put yeah. off when I asked him if it was, in, first of all, is it cold? He went, no not in the fridge, I'm afraid they're a little bit warm. So so I'm paying through the nose for warm Coke. So I I actually walked down to a corner shop and bought two bottles, both out of a fridge for a combined price of £2.60. My dad wanted a beer and in the TP suite, the queue at one point almost went back to the toilets. There was two people serving, one either side. And again, in terms of quite how experienced they were it it was just shambolic um and in the end we went into the ground to get a beer under the stand uh, and again there was only one serving uh, and at with 25 minutes to go to kickoff my friend dave joined the queue within five minutes he had moved nowhere um so he abandoned it my dad had got a drink in there 
when he got to the front, he ordered a, a beer and a Coke and they refused to serve him the Coke. Now, I that may be standard. They may not serve Coke with beer, but the pump was right next to this guy and he's like, we don't serve Coke here. Now, I don't know. I d- there's some work to do because an awful lot of people yeah. were leaving and going to pubs on the high street because they couldn't get a beer and that's money that's not being spent at the club. Yeah, I think um, I, I think when you know when concerns like that are raised, my experience of it so far is that when when the concerns are put forward in the right way, um, the club are, are quite intent on listening. At the moment, they're quite keen to to take the feedback on board. Um, when you've got someone just standing there going, "This is well shit," then they're not going to listen. But you know, if you've got somebody that's that's willing to stand there and go, "Look, I was stood there for half an hour. The queue didn't move." what can we do about it? I think that the queues in, I don't want to call it the TP. It's, it's always the center spot. It's all, it always will be the center spot and it will forever be the center spot in my mind. You're queuing up in there. Um, they've got, you know, when I went there, oh Christ, when I was there years and years and years ago, there was only one bar. So, you know, the addition of a second bar you'd think would alleviate the problem, but obviously the crowds have grown. It's difficult because it's a tiny bar. Ultimately, for for what is proving to be you know a, a a very popular place on match days um so the the introduction like you say of the fan zone is good but i've i've been outside you know for the fan zone before and and i i'm not the biggest fan of of carling i, I think it, you know it tastes a little bit like piss if you're inside i'll quite happily have a cause or a cider that's you know match day tipple that'll be that'll do me absolutely fine um, they don't have those options outside. So if I want a cause, then I have to queue up for what is an excessive amount of time. Um, if I want to, you know, if I, if I want to drink outside, then I've got to queue up in the, uh, you know, in in the in the uh, what's the word I'm looking for in the gazebos and the marquees. Um, and like you say, it'll be warm. It'll be, I mean, it's just not going to be great. So. I don't really know what the ultimate solution is for it. Um, maybe a couple of fridges that are on, you know, in the day running up to the game and then just before they set up outside, they they run the fridge outside and, and leave them set up outside with the bottles in. Because I think the one thing that, that annoyed me a couple of weeks ago when I was there for the, um, for the first home game was, you know, for the Swindon game was when I'm stood there and I'm like, right, can I have a, you know, I'll have a bottle of Carling, please. And they pulled a bottle out of a, you know, a bucket that didn't have any ice in it for a start. And then it was warm, which wasn't ideal. Then they did have a bucket with some ice in it. And then they just threw some more bottles in, but they were taking the bottles off the top rather than pulling them through from the bottom where they're going to be cold. Um, yeah, so I think that was the situation last night. I think I think the point that we ought to make is that the fan zone is, you know, it's, it's been under a year that we've had the fan zone and it seems to have been co- become quite a part of, of, of the culture at the moment. Um, and I think, yeah. you know, it's a positive thing to have. I went to Northampton and the prov- the provision for an away fan to have a drink there was you go in the ground and there was one point putting out warm Coke and warm beer. Um, and yeah. I think, you know, you can see all around the stadium where these things are happening. Half time at the back of the Stacey West. Now it's big. You can get food there. People can go and have a smoke there if they want all these positive things are just prompting people to kind of go, well, in actual fact, you know, you've given us this now. It's like, you've given me 20 pound, but I really want 25 pound. So 
Mm. But it's it's fine tuning, and I know that the uh, with the supporters board, I know that we're going. I'm going to be able to, to kind of put some of these points across on Saturday at the meeting. Um, certainly with regards to you know, the options outside, and and um, and certainly the temperature of the drinks is pertinent. I mean, even if they can can only serve Carlin and Coke outside, to serve it warm is you know that that's an affront. And and as you say. My I mean, if I'm going to be drinking piss, I want cold piss. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As a piss connoisseur, um, yeah, you, you definitely... Um, yeah. If you've got a bucket, put some water in it. You know, don't just put bottles in it. And that was the case again. But, you know, on the other hand, it does get incredibly busy. And I think... I, I just think generally the club are still surprised at the level of, of, of interest and in the people coming in. Um, and it's easy to sit here on our pod, isn't it, and kind of say, this wasn't really good enough. Like you say, what we've got to do and what we will do is is chat to the club and, and try and improve it on a on a step-by-step basis. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely it. The, you know, the, the, the thing that really frustrates me is when you go online, you go on, you know, on, on banter or, or wherever, and all you see is, this is shit, the food's shit, what's happening here, this is bollocks, come on, lads, come on, this is bloody rubbish. And you think, well, okay, what's rubbish about it? You know, there's too many people that are just sitting there going, I'm going to moan and I'm going to, you know, be really aggressive towards the club and I'm not actually going to try and think about ways that they could potentially do it. And I understand that's not your job, you're not paid to do that. But ultimately, if you want to make something better... Don't just sit there and and you know shout and scream at somebody because, as somebody that has been in a role where you you know where I am customer facing, it's not pleasant to be sat on the end of that and it's uh, you know it, it just a little bit of empathy is it goes a long way when it comes to stuff like this and to be honest I've found everybody at the club who I've spoken to um, about a lot of things have always been really pleasant they've always been great. Um, you know, when the girls in the ticket office were, were were under a lot of stress when it came to season tickets at the start of last season, they were quite um, they were always pleasant because you know if you if you go if you approach it with a, a level of respect, then they will more often than not see that and just go, oh, okay, I can talk to this guy rather than immediately being on defensive. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of there are a lot of things that the club can learn i think there's a lot of things that the club can do better um like you say particularly around the fan zone i mean i'm i'm just amazed at, at how like you say at how quickly everything's grown um it used to be that we could walk into the center spot at, at half past 12 get a beer within five minutes drink it and then you know get another beer within another two minutes you know and now it's like you get in there and you, you're queuing up for the first one um Without expanding the bar, I don't know what the solution is. I, you know, without spending an extremely large amount of money, I don't know what the solution is. But uh, I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't think there is, I don't think there is an immediate solution. And I think the point you move, you sat on there is, I remember playing Salisbury at home where you can. I rocked up at half two and I'd had three pints by the time it got to ten to three, and then it was into the ground. And and I was sat while I was drinking them. Now you you turn up at the ground at half twelve. You can't park on a side street, let alone get your bum parked somewhere for a beer. Um, yeah, and it, I get that's it, it's a positive. If that's what we've got to put up with in order to be top of the league, in order to be winning games, in order spending big money on strikers that everybody turns on within you know three matches, then so be it. 
you know, I'd rather do that yeah. than I would sat welcoming Salisbury Town, looking down at their plumbers and their builders and their bakers who were going to beat us 1-0 and ruin my week, you know. At least we can talk about this and people are going to listen rather than going, oh, fucking hell, I'm not listening to that Lincoln City stuff. They're, they only play pub teams every week. Absolutely. So, you know, it's. I think that the big thing is, like you say, it's, it's a positive to look at, um, even though it's not necessarily a positive on match days it's it's a positive overall because there are more people coming to the ground there are more people doing this kind of thing that you you know um that that, as you say four or five years ago you wouldn't have expected you wouldn't have seen this coming quite away so um right i think to be fair that's uh, that's a decent length of time for the first episode to run um let us know what you think. Uh, if you, you know, please do subscribe to us wherever you find us. Um, we're going to try and get this out to, I think, as many um, as many places as we possibly can. So, if you've got any suggestions, if you've got any comments and queries, that kind of stuff, just just let us know, um, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll keep this rolling. Um, but like I said, game on Saturday uh, is a big one for us against County. Then coming up. We've got uh, who've we got next Tuesday night? We've got Blackburn away, and then we've got Exeter, followed by Mansfield at home the following Tuesday. So that's gonna that's essentially gonna take us up to the next episode. So if you've got any questions in that time, please do hit us up on Twitter. Um, we've got Stacey West blog on Twitter. Um, I am at Winstano, which is W I N S T A N O. Um, just fire questions at us. Um, and yeah, just I think it's a bit of a work in progress, obviously, at the moment, but we're hoping to to grow it and, and refine the format to a point where we can basically get some even things like questions and things like that answered every week. Um, would you say that's about fair? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, and I also think if, if people have got a microphone and they're willing to kind of be dragged in on this and, and have a chat to us live on the pod, so to speak, I, I think we can if we can work that in, that would also be good. Um, it is a work in progress at the end of the day we want to work for for people who listen don't we we want to talk about what what you're talking about we want to we want to hear what you want to know and 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 we'll deal with it and you know hopefully we might get some stuff out in the field as time goes by we might be able to speak to a few fans at a game and incorporate that we might be able to throw some games in you know little quizzes i don't know it's you know it's what everybody else wants mate but i mean before we go Absolutely. though and please do uh, we want to have a quick chat about your your other pod don't we or at least make people aware of it Okay, yeah, fine. Um, we, you know, I did want to say possibly run a little bit of a plug um, if we could. Uh, I run a, a gaming website uh, called Next Gen Gaming Blog um, that is possibly subject to change slightly over the next couple of weeks. We'll we'll see how things go, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's nextgengamingblog.com. dot com. Search for Next Gen Gaming Blog on Facebook. Um, it's basically a website about video games. Um, I play a lot of video games, so I thought I'd write about them. Uh, and now I run a website about them. So, um, yeah, this this week we've talked about a lot of stuff, including like the new Formula One game, uh, Red Dead Redemption Two, loads of other stuff um, coming out. As a the one the one thing that does always uh, pique my interest around this time of year is the uh, Pro Evolution Soccer and FIFA debate. Um, Pez 2019 is actually out next week, so. Uh, I'm going to be playing that an awful lot. Hopefully in the run-up to launch, we normally get early copies of stuff, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that next week. 
Um, and I always end up making, you know, a Lincoln City kit or, you know, the, the Lincoln kits and, and the, the badges and everything. So uh, usually kind of find a way to, to get that out there as well. So if I can, I'll uh, get those made and hopefully uh, share them with our lovely listeners. You did that for me once. I've just realised. I did, yeah. 2016 or 17. Cause, I mean, I I must admit, I've been FIFA off um, because they took all my coins off me on uh, on Master League because I was a naughty boy and had two accounts and tried to transfer one set of coins to another account. And oh, I'd dear, Gary. Up, I'd saved <laughs> up enough for... But the thing is, a lot of them were genuine. And it, it what really annoys me is that I'd saved up enough for a Legends Roberto Carlos, which I think was, was something ridiculous, like 750,000 coins. And I'd got a really good team. I'd packed Aguero and and a couple of other decent uh, decent players. Um, but the second they did that, I said I'm I'm not playing it anymore. So I, I was always a Pez man. I think I liken Pez to real football, whereas FIFA is is for those that just want to pick it up and bash a few buttons and pay to win if they if they've got the money. Um, so yeah, I mean obviously we're not a, a gaming blog, so my apologies, but I, I shall too be looking out for Pez this year without a doubt. It feels really good, actually. I've had the, the demos out now. Again, without going into too much of it, it, it feels really nice. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on that. But uh, anyway, if you want to hear more about that, by all means, go and have a look at Next Gen Gaming Blog. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Um, like I say, some things might be changing next week. Uh, we've, we've been planning things for a very, very long time. But uh, we'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that next time out on uh, on the Stacey West Blog podcast. Um also, yeah, I think we might we might possibly be uh, looking at maybe having a slightly different name than the Stacey West Blog Podcast. Yeah, I think so. It's a bit of a tongue twister. Um, we might see if we can work in some sort of competition. Ooh, yeah. To, to see if we can get it named and, and I'll, I'll hopefully... Do, I'll donate a couple of my books for the prize because I've, I've got to shift them somehow. Cool, yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, um, so, yeah, is there anything else you want to plug, Gary? No, no. I'll. Um, we, there's plenty that we could talk about later on, but I think uh, I think as a as a start, it's been good. I've enjoyed it, and um, yeah, I just look forward to to growing it over the uh, over the coming weeks and months. Cool. Okay. As I say, any queries, let us know. Bitch about us on banter, or do whatever you want to do, and uh, we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye. Goodbye. the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.